Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Ridgeview Church. If that uh, video kind of just made your mind just overwhelming, uh, that's to launch our series today, which is called Winning the War in Your Mind. That represents uh, a lot of my thoughts where it feels like they're going like 3,000 miles a minute in all different directions. And so uh, this morning and over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about how do we uh, win the war in our mind and actually how do we uh, help our thoughts and lead them in, in the right direction. And so today we're going to kick that off. And we're so glad, like Joel said, uh, to welcome you uh, to our grand opening. Uh, my name is Alex Barrett. I'm the lead pastor. And three years ago in August, actually of 2018, uh, we started Ridgeview Church. We started with eight adults and six kids. And we moved into this area to get Ridgeview started. And so this is like our 20th grand opening. And so we're so glad you joined us for this special one. Amen. Uh, This is a a grand opening in our new location. We started at D.W. Long Elementary School in Hunter's Ridge. Actually, before that, we started in our house. And then COVID hit, as all of us know, and we were online uh, for six months only. And then August of last year, uh, we started meeting at a park in uh, Rancho, and we were there for nine months. And God continues to be faithful. And uh, we actually uh, put the application for Jesse Turner Center three and a half years ago in 2017, uh, even before Ridgeview started. Uh, when I moved and started to strategize coming to North Fontana, I saw this as the most strategic location, a place where the community knew it gave us a room uh, to grow. And so we were on a wait list for all that time, and then just through uh, really God's hand and his working, we find ourselves uh, here. And so we're so glad that you guys have decided uh, to join us uh, in this new uh, chapter. And uh, we believe that following God really is a story and a journey, and it's a great adventure that God has us in. And so if this is your first time, we hope that you will, at your own pace, uh, get to know us, and we're happy to uh, get to know you and to share our our story. Uh, Before we start into the series specifically, I want to just introduce a little bit of of my family. There's a picture uh, of us, and uh, that's my family. My wife, Samantha, is in the middle. We've been married just over 19 years And we have, thank you for that, and uh, we have uh, three kids, Katie, who's going to be 15 uh, very soon, and then Levi is our middle son, he is uh, 12, and then Jude is 9, almost 10. I got to say almost 10, because that's in September, you know how kids are, it's like you're almost 10, 9 and 3 quarters. Um, And so that's a little bit about uh, our family, and again, uh, our family, our, our biological family represents a little bit of the story, but there's this spiritual family that that God has, and that's actually what the church is. Uh, It's designed to be a spiritual family where you can connect and be known. And so once again, we're we're glad that that you're here. And I'm going to try to get through this as soon as possible because we know that you come for the cinnamon rolls. (laughs) I know. I read your mind. That's part of what you guys didn't know about this series. I'm, I'm looking. Just kidding. Um, I want to start off with a, with a question, and it's like a quiz. It's not necessarily a school, but, uh, but I want you to think about it, and then, then you can answer, okay? So how many thoughts do you think the average person has in a day? Just think about it. How many? You got to think first. I mean, let's, let's, you know. How many thoughts does the average person have in a day? I heard 2,000, okay? So any other guesses if you've had a chance to think? 3,000, okay? 10,000. Do I hear 40,000? How many? Oh, okay. Okay. Four. Okay, okay, sold. No. 
Uh, it's, uh, this is crazy. Uh, 50,000 thoughts. And you guys are like, that's not true. And you got 10,000 more thoughts because of that fact you just learned, right? 50,000 thoughts. The thing about our thoughts is uh, we don't talk about them a lot because we're, we're just thinking about them. Uh, but there's so much that goes on in our minds. So here's another question. How many of you would consider yourself an overthinker? An overthinker. How do you know? Because you're tired. <laughs> That's very true. How do you know? Because my mind never stops working. I can't sleep. That's how you might know. But all of us think about things uh, throughout the day. Some of us may think more. So 50,000 could be a lot for you. 50,000 could actually be not even enough. But the thing about our thoughts, and I want to kind of start by just kind of creating the big picture of of why our thoughts and understanding them are so important, because they actually do uh, dictate a lot of what life is. And if we learn how to Uh, learn about our thoughts, but also how to direct them uh, in the right way, uh, we can actually experience freedom. And that's what God wants. Uh, He doesn't want us to just be led like a dog without a leash to our thoughts that impact our emotions, because that's what happens. We start thinking things. It impacts who we are. It impacts how we see ourselves. It impacts how we see others, and it impacts our life. So it's really important. We actually have to talk about the things that we never talk about, talk about the things that are always going on inside of our head. So here's the reality of our thinking. I want to start with this. Most, and this is most, not everything, but most of life's battles are won or lost in your mind. Most of life's battles. Now, the question is, do we have battles? Are there things that we, we think about that, that cause us to wrestle or cause us to uh, struggle? That is, if we need to win the war in our mind, do we agree that there is a war in our mind? And from my own experience, I'd like to say, uh, yes, there's always a war in my mind. There's things that I'm thinking about that I have to ask, like, is that true? Is that helpful? Is that right? Is that valuable? Is that something that I need to be thinking about? All of this represents a battle because you, you have a choice. Am I going to think about that? Am I not? Am I not? And there's all sorts of things that we tell ourselves. Like, you ever heard the phrase, like, you got to get your head right? Well, to get your head right means that your head is wrong. How do you know it's wrong? It's a good question. Well, how do you know? But you got to get your head right. You got to get your, your head in the game, whatever, you know, whatever that means if you're playing sports. But there's all these things where we're trying to process the power of our mental capacity, the power of our thoughts, because they do really impact our life. So most of life's battles are won or lost in our mind. Here's some va- uh, battles that, that I've had. Let's see if, if you've had any of them. Have you ever valued yourself based on uh, how smart you are? Right? You, you begin to like value, like, am I as smart as the people that I went to school with? Am I as smart as the people that I work with? And you begin to have a thought battle there. There's a war there. Like, am I as valuable intellectually as somebody else? Here it gets real. Like, we're talking about, you know, how smart we are. What about looks? Have you ever thought about how you look compared to how someone else looks? We don't even want to say that. That's just a given. We're, you know, we're stacking ourselves and we're having these thoughts comparing ourselves. And that's usually what happens in our thoughts. We find out what's valuable in a culture, in our family, what the media says. We, we find out what's valuable, then we compare ourselves to that value. Do we stack up or not? And we either feel better about ourselves or worse. This is like the merry-go-round of our intellectual wars that we have. 
How do I stack up? Am I in a good place? Am I not? And then we, we compare and we either feel better or worse. If we feel worse, then we think, how can I get that value into my life so that I can stack up in a greater leverage compared to other people? The reason I bring this up is we don't talk about it, but this is always happening in our mind. When we enter a new group, when we're interacting with people, the lower the trust oftentimes in our relationships, the higher these wars rage on. So those are some of the things that, that I have struggled with, uh, what we can do or what we can't do. In your mind, have you ever just told yourself, like, I can't do that? Could that be true? Absolutely. There are some things you can't do. Now, what people tell us in our mind is, believe in you could do anything. I, that's not true. I have seen a gymnast at the Olympics. <laughs> Some of you are even saying, no, Alex, you could do it. No, I cannot. <laughs> I could not do that. Hot dog eating, maybe. <laughs> not gymnastics. I uh, hear some other sh- th- things that, that we, we, we talk about, uh, like shame, thoughts of shame, like our past. Again, we don't talk about it, but these things are kind of running in our mind, like things that we regret things that we've done, things that people have done to us. Fear. These are other things like fearful of our future, the unknown, things we can't control. All of these things represent the wars that all of us have. Now, here's the good news. You may have your whole life not even thought about those thoughts. Those are just things that have come into your head and you've learned how to process them. You may listen to them, you may not, but they're always going on. The good news is God, who made us, who is the creator, the ruler of the entire earth, has given us what we need to actually fight that battle in our minds. We don't just have to be subject to what we think about. We don't just have to accept that this thing is not true, therefore, what do I do? Like, there is actually a way that you can win that war with God's help. And that's the difference. We don't have the resources within ourselves to win that war. But God does. He knows us, he helps us, and he gives us his resources. And so that's what this whole series is about. I want to share kind of the theme scripture for what we're going to be talking about. And this is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And this is from the New Testament of the Bible. It's written by Paul, who started a lot of churches in the first century. He was somebody that actually condemned Christianity, looked to squash the Christian movement just as it was getting started. And God got a hold of his life. Talk about a man that had all sorts of wars in his own mind. Somebody who wanted to stop the good news of Jesus spreading, and then God got a hold of him, and he changed his entire life. And we're experiencing the truth of the good news of Jesus because of men like Paul and women who went before us to share. And so Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, and this is something he says about this, this war that's going on. It says, for though we live in the world, that's all of us, uh, we do not wage war as the world does. So right now when he's talking about the we, he's talking about Christians. If you're a Christian, you are in a war just like everyone is in a war. There's no difference because you are in the world. You live, you're human, you have an existence. You're in the war. But notice he says, we do not wage war as the world does. We're going to keep that up there, but I just want to talk about this briefly. What it's talking about is that all of us have this war that's going on in our mind. We've already talked about that. Whether we acknowledge it or not, it's happening. But what Paul is saying, and I think this is so helpful, is everyone has a way to fight the war. That is, how do you combat those thoughts that are not helpful? 
So what I did is I just began to think like in my own life, through my own experiences and what I've seen in the world, what does the world tell us? So the world represents the value systems of culture, the value systems of the world. What's important, what's cool, what's uh, valued among those that, that don't follow God. So what would they say if you think something that's not true? Here's one. Uh, feel better. Like, if you feel better, you'll be able to what? Do better. I didn't set you up for that one. You're like, I, I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> feel better, and you'll do better. That's like a war that the, the world says you can fight. You just got to feel better about yourself, and then you'll do better. The problem is, have you ever woken up and you don't feel good? So how do you feel better if you don't feel better? You ever thought about that? And you keep thinking, and you're like, well, I just have to feel better. I can do it. I got to feel good. I got to feel good. And you're like, I don't feel good. What do you do? You just get back in bed. Because you don't feel better, so how can you do better? Another, and I've already talked about that, just discover what's valued, compare, see how you stack up, and then try to get better. So if you can't feel better, you then try to do better, try to feel better about yourself. The problem is, as soon as you get into comparison, it's a trap. You guys know what I mean? Because there's always somebody that's further along than you. Or there's already somebody that's not. And so however you look at it, you don't grow anymore because you're comparing yourself. But the world, that's the war that they want you to fight, compare. Social media is fueled on that. You ever seen something on social media and you're really depressed because of what somebody gets to do that you don't get to do? Do you know how many people went to Hawaii this last year? Can I just talk about that? How many times I'm like, man, I'm going to go to Hawaii. Why can't I go to Hawaii? Because I don't get to go to Hawaii. That's how it is. That's not my life. That's their life. But it's easy you get into like what other people get to do, and that impacts you. All of this is happening in your mind. There's a war that's raging. Comparison, people-pleasing, try to stack ourselves up. So the scripture's there. It's there. There's a war that's going, but we do not wage it. We can't fight the battle as the world does. If you try to feel better within yourself, you're, you're going to be chasing something like a mirage. It will, you'll think you're there and it's gone. It's a vapor. You can't just feel better by just thinking that. And then Paul goes on and tells us actually how we have hope. We don't fight as the world does. We don't wage war. We don't use the same weapons. We don't have the same strategy on offense or, or defense. He says the weapons, verse 4, we fight are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Think about that word stronghold. That's the war. They're strongholds that each of us think about. These are things that are not true about you. There are things about God that you think about. There are things about other people in your life. There are things about your situation, your future, your past, that are not true, that are these strongholds and what Paul is saying is the good news is you may have your whole life tried to fight the war like the world or your family or yourself told you to, and it hasn't worked. The good news is God has given you weapons that can only come from him that allow you to wage that war and make the progress and win the battle. Now, the scriptures say divine power, divine meaning it's from his hand. You can't get that power anywhere else. This is the most important aspect of why we have to, as the church, proclaim the divine power of God because it's divine, it's from his hand. You can't find that power anywhere else. It's his, and he gives it freely to all who follow him. So that power is divine. 
It's the gift of God. But that word power is very interesting. It actually comes from the Greek word, that's what the New Testament is written in, dunamis, which is where we actually get the word dynamite from. So if you hear that word dynamite, what does dynamite do? Boom, it blows stuff up. Like July 4th in Fontana. There's all sorts of dunamis going on everywhere. Stuff's blowing up left or right. It's an explosion. And so what it's saying is, is uh, the, the war that you may have always tried to wage according to the world's standards has never worked. It's like you're lighting a fuse and it's a dud. You ever seen that? Like where somebody lights something and nothing happens. That's really disappointing on 4th of July. Unless you're a parent, you're like, oh, yes, another dud. That's amazing. You know. But in life, when we have these strongholds and we're trying to overcome these negative thoughts or lies or things that are not helpful, we don't want a fuse that just burns out and is a dud. We want something to explode and blow them up. And that's what it's saying is, is God has this divine power, the power of dynamite to blow up lies. And it says, uh, yeah, the dunamis is the explosive power of God. If you go back to the passage, you'll see, what does it do? It's a divine power from his hand. It blows up and it demolishes strongholds. Here's a picture of a a stronghold. Uh, This is actually on the English coast. This was set up in World War II uh, to be like the lookout of the enemy coming. But I think that's an interesting picture because the way I've like thought about this in my own mind is like every lie that I have that's not true is like one of those things in my head, in my thinking. Every one of these. And they, they they're not actually protecting against the lies. The lies are inside of them. Strongholds protect us from the truth getting in. So it's the opposite. A stronghold is really like a prison. And the lies that we believe are held captive within these strongholds. Things that you believed about yourself your whole life. Things that people told you that is not true. The impact of words and the example of people, like they have an impact on us. We can believe things that are just not true. We have an enemy, Satan, who also wants to feed us with lies as well. Just because you have the thought doesn't mean it's true. That's one of the most helpful advice I've ever been given. But it's hard because you're like, well, I had that thought. It's got to be true. That's until you think really crazy things. And then you hope, I hope that's not true. Because what does that say about me? But this is the stronghold. So the dunamis is the explosive power of God. That's the truth of his word. And it's, he's given it to us as something explosive like dynamite that can transform your very thinking. Paul goes on in verse 5, and he says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up, what does it say, against the knowledge of God. So I love this. What he's saying is is there's this war going on in our minds, but the war of lies is always connected to this sense that that God is not there. God is not real. God cannot help me. God has turned his back on me. There's a root of all the lies that we have that are kind of connected to that. I have my own power. I have my own resources. I'm independent. I'm going to figure out life myself. And we do that independently from God. That's actually the nature of sin. It's rebellion. We had a God who made us, loved us, want to connect to us, give us his purpose and his direction, and we just have these lies, which I can do it on my own. I don't need you, and I don't want you. 
And that is at the, the essence against the knowledge of God. We act like he, don't, he doesn't exist. We have no reference for him. So the good news is if that's you and you may have had some of those thoughts, that divine power even penetrates to those things that you may never even wanted to tell anyone. God knows. He knows what you're thinking and he can help because he's given you the truth and it will blow up and demolish and the arguments and the pretensions even against his name. So all of us, there's a war going on. And it's won or lost in our mind. Second point, if you're following along and you could take notes on that handout, is this. Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. I don't know if you guys remember learning how to drive, but have they ever told you, like, be careful what you look at? Like, if you look over on something on the side of the road, what do you tend to do? Like, you don't think that's true. Like, I'm like, no, that can't be. And I don't know how many times I'm like, dude, is that an accident? What is that? And then before I know it, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm almost a part of that accident, you know? It's something about, like, what we focus on, right, uh, directs where we go. That's, that's like a rule in driving. Uh, it's actually the same in our thoughts. What we think about the most leads us down a path. Thoughts are not neutral. They're not. Everything we think about matters, and it has an impact, and the direction of our strongest thoughts, that where, that's where it leads us. Uh, Proverbs 23, 7, this is really helpful in understanding the power of our thoughts. Notice what the scripture says. It says, for as he thinks in his, what does it say? Heart, so is he. So this is where it gets very interesting. When we tend to think thoughts, we just think brain. Actually, in scripture, where our thoughts are happening are in our heart. Now, you've got to kind of separate organs because it's not talking about organs. It's talking about like the, the, the guidance system of our life that happens in our hearts and we have thoughts and we have desires and we have perspectives and we have values and all of this is happening in our heart. And what the scripture is saying is, is what is important to you and what you think about and the way that you see things, that shapes who you are. Most of the time we look to fix behavior. How many parents are in here? Okay, doesn't matter if you're an empty nest or not. If you, but do you remember like when you're just trying to, and you just tell your kid, stop it. Will you just stop it? You ever done that? Stop it, and they don't. They don't stop it. Why? Because they want to do it. Whatever it is. And it's usually the opposite of what you want them to do. But they do it because it makes sense to them. Everyone does what makes sense to them. So as a parent, you can focus on the behavior, and at schools they want to focus on behavior, and in the workplace they want to focus on behavior, and that's why we have rules and rules and rules and rules and guidelines and guidelines and guidelines and guidelines and rules and rules. Follow the rules. Follow the rules. But people don't change because you have to actually focus on the heart. You can't focus on behavior. You have to focus on the heart. If you change the way somebody sees something, and you help change the way people value what's important, they will change. So the thoughts that you have happen in your heart. That's the cockpit of your life. Just like in a plane, it steers where you go. This is very important, what you think about, how you think the life works. Again, your perspective, the lens from which you see situations and opportunities and circumstances, that impacts your life. It impacts what you do. It impacts what you say. 
And then also what's important. You do what's important to you. You don't do what's not important. It's very just helpful and, and so important to, to realize that they're moving in the direction of these strongest thoughts. And then third, the life we have is a reflection of the thoughts that we think. So what I want to do is I want us to do a little thought audit. I hate the word audit, to be honest, but let's do a little thought audit together. You're not going to share this, but I will draw a name, and if your name's drawn, you are going to come up here, and you're going to share your score. You guys ready? But we'll give you two cinnamon rolls. I'm just kidding. This is for you. Thought audit. So on this side, uh, these are certain thoughts, and on the other are other thoughts that we have. So what I want you to do is just kind of rate yourself, give yourself a score. Uh, we'll start on the top row. Are your thoughts a lot of times like more, more worried or like more peaceful? Do you find yourself like just settling like, I'm okay with this situation? Or do you find yourself running scenarios, getting worried, and just you're stressed out? So I guess the question I'm asking is, are you stressed? Okay, so give yourself a score. Now, what do you want to score on this audit? You want to score high. But don't lie. But high is good. Negative. How many of you guys know negative people? (laughs) How many of you are married? No, just kidding. I'm just. (laughs) Thank you for that. Just kidding. But we all know like negative people. And you might be a negative person yourself. But even that, why? Like, that's a good question. Like, why am I negative? Well, it's, it's your perspective. It's your values. There's things going on in your heart. But are you more negative or are you positive? Half, you know, full, half empty? How do you see that? Uh, do you focus on the unknown a lot or the known? I, I have all sorts of, like, stories of, like, the future and my life that's not even happened. And I've, like, thought about, well, if this happens, then I'm going to do this. And if they do that, then I'm going to do that. And I've just spent 30 minutes talking about something that's not even happened yet. You ever done that? That's the unknown. How many times do you ask, like, what's going to happen? Well, what are we going to do? You ever ask that question? What are we going to do? That's, I have no idea. But put yourself as a one, okay? (laughs) And then known, it's like, well... You may not even think about that. Like, you're just a person. Like, I'm in the moment. And that has, you know, some downsides too. But that's one. And then bitter or thankful. Like, do you struggle with bitterness? Those thoughts, like, they impact you. And no matter where you scored, you could score a four. If you scored a four, God wants to help you. If you scored a 40, God wants to help you. Because think about our thoughts is like right now you're taking this, but tomorrow things in your life can happen and this score could completely change because our thoughts, they're just all over the place. But that's helpful. Where are my thoughts taking me? So I want to close out with just how to, how to battle. And we're going to be, I'm going to kind of be introducing this. And then over the next few weeks, we're going to unpack this specifically. So how... Can you battle and I battle as the war rages, no matter where your thoughts are? What is it that you can do? And I want to kind of introduce what it means to use like the dynamite, the power of God's word, 
to actually change. So the first thing is this. Identify the biggest stronghold holding you back. Now, this is where it can get a little bit difficult because there may be some things that you don't even know about yourself. So this is where you might want to talk to somebody trust and say, you know, I really struggle with my thinking. Here's the things that I think about. Now, you have to have a trusted person because you ever told somebody what you think and you're like, I shouldn't have said that. Their eyes are just twitching, you know. So you want to have somebody that you can trust. That's why the church is so important because you have to have a community of people that like we, we trust each other. We love each other. We're there for each other. Even in our battles, that's what the church is for. And so identify like the, the stronghold. So uh, I've listed some. Uh, fear and shame, these are all common. If you feel this and you think about this, you're actually normal. The crazy thing about fear and shame is you don't ever want to talk about it because you're full of fear and shame. But fear and shame are very powerful. They pull you in all sorts of directions that are very hard to get out of. They can lead to de- depression. They can lead to, to discouragement. Just It's difficult. So that's, that's a stronghold that, that you may have. Uh, another one is just feeling like you're never good enough. That's a stronghold. It's like, I'm just not good enough. I don't have what it takes. I don't have the resources and again, you may have grown up in a family where like, there was maybe a sibling that seemed like they had it all together, and you didn't, and you struggled with that. But all of us can have those feelings. Another one is pride. Very strong stronghold. The thought is, like, I don't need anyone, and I'm definitely not going to share what's going on in my life. We can struggle with this. We tend to wall ourselves out like that stronghold is real. Pride, very powerful. Another stronghold, uh, control. You really want to control people, your circumstances, because maybe you've been hurt, maybe the unknown overwhelms you, and so if you control it, then you at least know it's predictable. But control is, is a stronghold, because God's in control, and you're not. And you can't control people and have good relationship. That's another stronghold. Another one is this, uh, where you just kind of run the scenario, like, I'll always be in this circumstance or in this person. I'm always going to be stuck here. Or I'll always do, like, I can't change. I'm always going to do that. Those are major strongholds. The hard thing with the stronghold is you don't know they're there. And so this series is about, like, let's identify these and let's ask God's help to help us. And that leads to the second point. So you you identify that. Take some time. Think about that. Have a conversation, honestly, with people in your life. And then the second is this. Uh, Most of the time, like, one, like, the world... You may talk about it, but the solution isn't there. It's like people want to talk about mental health. That's not like, yeah, let's talk about mental health. But the, I'm more interested, what do you do when mentally you're all messed up? Because talking about it just allows you to know that you have a problem. But we need solutions. We need change. We need progress. And so this is where God comes in. Because, right, he has divine power that no one else can give you. And that's... Name the truth that demolishes that stronghold. So this is where the scripture is so important. The only way you can name a truth is if you know the truth. And the only way you can know the truth is if you spend time reading God's word. Uh, at our information table, we have Bibles. If you don't have a Bible and you don't have a way to read God's word for yourself, we encourage you, take a Bible so you can begin to read it. If you haven't downloaded the Bible app from Version on your phone, download that so you can read it. You don't need any other ideas, like we have tons of ideas. 
We have more information now than has ever existed in the world, and it's just more information every day. To the point we can't even keep track. There's so much content. We don't need content. We need truth, and that's found in God's Word, and it's existed, and it's available to us. And so, to fight with the truth, you have to know the truth. And over the next few weeks, we're going to talk to you about how can you get that truth into your life. And how can you incorporate this? And so I encourage you, it starts there, a willingness. I don't have the resources, you admit that. That will actually help you to combat strongholds. I don't have the resources, I don't have all the information, I do not have the power myself. If you begin with that admission to God, I don't have the power. I need his help. The strongholds are starting to shake a little bit. The foundation, the cracks are starting to exist in the prison in your mind. He will set you free. 2 Corinthians 10, I want to read it again. It says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And notice what it says. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Have you ever had a thought and you're like, whoa, where did that come from? You don't even want to tell somebody. But the idea is like, again, just because you had a thought doesn't mean it's true. Do not let it just live in your mind. Put that on a leash. Take it captive because it can mess you up. John 8, here's a promise. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, again, that's the truth, God's word. If you abide in it, if you, you soak it up and you do what it says, you are truly my disciples. You're my followers. You represent me, in verse 32, and you will know the truth, and the truth will what? Oh, man, we've heard that. But there's only one truth that will set you free. And that's the truth of the good news of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. He came to die for us, to save us from that rebellion, from that independence that sets us up against you know, the knowledge of God. He came to rescue us. He came to forgive us. So anything that you've ever thought in the prison and the war that you fought by yourself, Jesus came so he would win that battle once and for all. And he won it when he died on the cross for our sins. He paid the price. That's the good news of Jesus. That's the truth that will set us free. When you realize that the price has been paid for your sin and you don't have to pay it anymore, you are no longer a slave to your past. You're no longer a slave to your fear. You're no longer a slave to your control. You're no longer a slave to your pride. You have been set free, not by anything that you have done, but only the one who died for us, who came to save us. And that is the best news ever. And that's why it's divine power because God is the only one that could grant forgiveness of sins because he's the only one that could pay the penalty for it. That's the good news. So here's just how it works practically. So here's a stronghold that you can have. I can't change. Have you ever told yourself that? Yeah? I have. I can't change. That's just who I am. You can't teach a what? That's so freeing if you don't want to change. I'm an old dog. <laughs> Deal with it. Is that really the life you want to live? That's a stronghold. I can't change. I can't move ahead. I can't get past my past. These are things that we think about. We're locked up in the prison of those lies. Here's the truth. This is the dynamite that blows it up. Romans 8. 
There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. So you light the dynamite, you read God's word, you say it to yourself, and you remember the truth, and that breaks the stronghold. Because what our thoughts often do is they condemn us. We have an enemy that comes against us. He condemns us. But when you read the scriptures and it says there is now no condemnation, there is no condemnation that, that can judge you. You've been forgiven. It blows up that stronghold. Second Peter 1.3, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. You want to live a life that God would be pleased with? You can change, not because of you, because again, his divine power, it's him. He's initiated with us. He's helped us. He's come to us. So you see how that works, the strongholds? They're there, they're real, we think them, but you have to combat that with the truth. Here's another one. If I follow God, I won't be happy. This is real. Because have you ever had the thought, man, there goes fun out of my life. You don't even want to say it. But it's true. It's a, like a battle. Like, man, am I just going to be like, oh, la, like, like just, is that my life? You know you've thought it. Please don't make me do that. That's next week. We're going to learn chants together, but um, just kidding. But there's something in us like, you look at the movies and you listen to songs and you see the people in your life that like seem successful. For the most part, they're not like, I follow Jesus and it's awesome. It's like, no, I'm going to this vacation. I've got this house. My family is polished and put together. And then it's like, follow Jesus and it's going to cost me that? Like my dreams? But that's a stronghold. That will lock you up. If you think that you can't have a full life with God, you don't turn to God. But what if that's not true? That really leads you down a different path. I'll miss out on life if I go to church. This gets real once football season happens. <laughs> like, let's just be real. You have a choice. Everyone who's not at church is not on church at purpose. That didn't even make sense. <laughs> but people aren't here because they don't want to be here but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss out. If I go to church, I'm going to miss out. I can't miss out. And then finally, following Jesus could never be worth it. I have to give up too much that I will not gain back. If you have not wrestled with that, you will. So what I'm not talking about, what I'm talking about is like just not hypothetical. These things you will wrestle with. So it's knowing the truth to combat that. And here, here's some that have helped me in my life. John 10.10. 10. Notice the thief that's talking about the enemy, Satan. His purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. So if you're living your life independent from God, you're not following him. Your life is headed to this, these purposes. Like there, there's no life there. You will be robbed. You have nothing to show for yourself. But then Jesus says, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So at that moment that you think you're going to just have to blow it all to follow Jesus, and you're going to miss out, the truth is, no, actually, you will have the fullest life you could have. You will have the best life. 
not the coolest. But do we really want a cool life? No, we want a full life. Where at the end of it, we look and say, wow, I am blessed. God has been good. And then Luke 6. This is a promise. Give, and it will be given to you. So you think about sacrifice, like, I have to do this for people. I have to serve and love them. I have to go to the church. I have to do this. I'm giving and I'm not getting back. That's actually not true. If you give, God will give it back. That's a promise. It's the truth. It's the dynamite that blows up. It says, give and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Here's what's crazy about this. If you want a huge blessing... How do you have to give? Huge. I like, I want to give the minimum and I want the full. That's usually how it operates. But, but God, God has this all figured out. It's, it, there's a measure. You know, you give a tablespoon to God. Here, God, this is where I am. I can just give a tablespoon to you. Here it is. God is good. He will get a tablespoon and he will fill more on that tablespoon than you ever could, and he will give it back to you. And then as you see him come through, now you're ready to give him the bowl. God, I give you the bowl, which represents my resources, my time, my money, my goals. I give you this bowl. And God says, you're blessed, my child. I'm going to fill this bowl to the brim, kind of like I like to my cereal where you can't even pour the milk in, and then I'm going to give it to you full, overflowing, and then as you see God come through, these lies that you begin to believe, like, wow, that's not, that's not actually true. My experience, that's what God wants to do. He wants to give you an experience of following him. So does that make sense? Like, we all have the lies. But you can't just feel better and do better. You can't just think positively. You can't just get into self-esteem. You can't just find your happy place. Because what happens when you can't find it? What happens when you don't feel good? And what happens when you can't turn to anyone else to help you? You need God. You need his divine power. So I want to give you a preview and invite you to come back uh, next week and the couple weeks after. So winning the war in your mind, here's the series preview. Next week, we're going to talk about how to take your mind back and how to actually use it in a way that, that God can really lead you. So we'll build on what we talked about today. August 22nd, uh, defeat your negative thoughts if you struggle with negative thinking. Uh, this will be a big help to you, uh, which is probably all of us. And then August 29th, uh, if you struggle with anxiety, worry, how does God calm your anxious mind? Like, how does that work? And so we're going to talk about that. So I encourage you, uh, let's take some next steps. So uh, Joel had you fill out a connection card. Everyone pull that out. And if you could, uh, finish filling that out with the pen that, that you have. And uh, finish filling out the information about yourself. The band's going to come up. We're going to sing one more song before we uh, receive the offering. So fill out that connection card. And on the the, the back are some next steps that you can take. And so you'll see uh, the next steps are right here. You can sign up for the event. Like if you want to do kickball, you write kickball. If you want to do the kids' zone back to school, you just write the events right here. And then the next step's here. This is just your way of saying like, I'm actually taking like a step and I'm writing it down and I'm committing to doing it. Not just thinking about it, but like we need to actually do with what we learn. That's how we, we grow. And so uh, here's some next steps. Um, for the first time, I'm ready to become a Christian. I've talked a lot about the war that you wage as a follower of Christ. If you're not yet a follower of Christ, you can't fight that war. You're alone. You need God's help. 
And you get the help by turning to him and deciding to follow him with your whole life. If you don't know what that means, if you can go to that, that previous screen of the connection card, there's a place where it says, contact me about, and that first box there it says, following Jesus. We would love to clarify what it means to follow Jesus. That's the most important decision you can make in your life. And that's the only way you can actually make real, lasting progress in your thoughts. And so if you've never done that, decided to surrender your whole life to Jesus, you can make that decision today. A second next step is this, is I will come back next week and invite somebody. Are there people in your life that you think are struggling just with their life and even in their thoughts? You may not want to enter the conversation like, I know you're struggling with your thoughts, you need to come to church with me. But there's people that God's placed in your life that like they need to hear the truth. They need dynamite. All they have is strongholds. So think that through and invite them. And then uh, the last is uh, the kickball tournament. I just put this on there because I think it's going to be crazy fun. It's going to be a rad time. And frankly, I just want to see all of you dressed in 80s attire. So sign up for that. The reason I say that is actually having fun together is really important. That's how we build relationships. Church is not supposed to be stuffy or stale or even about a Sunday. Like church actually happens in the community as we gather outside of this service. So uh, sign up for that. And uh, if I've not met you, I'm going to be by the info table. I would love uh, to meet you after the service. Uh, Following the service, we have uh, a few things. If you're a guest, come by the table, grab a guest gift. If you need a Bible, we have those too. And then cinnamon rolls are going to be right out here. uh, So you can exit through this front door and people will direct you. Uh, We do ask if you have kids in Kid Zone, uh, get them first. And then that way our Kid Zone uh, teachers can enjoy uh, the cinnamon rolls uh, as well. And so thank you guys for, for joining us, for celebrating with us on our grand opening. Let's pray together before we sing back to God. Father, thank you for the help that you bring for the promise of your scripture that is the truth that sets us free. Thank you for your son, Jesus, who paid the price that we could not pay and actually bought the freedom that we all long for. I pray if there's anyone here that's just struggling, their thoughts are weighing them down, they they just feel stuck and they feel locked up in strongholds. God, will your truth begin to penetrate their heart in the name of Jesus? We know that your word gives clarity and it gives us help beyond what we can see, beyond even oftentimes what we can understand, but we know that it's your word that that does help us and gives us the true picture of what life should be. God, I thank you for all the volunteers that have worked so hard uh, for this grand opening, all the people behind the scenes on our teams, all of our kids on teachers, everyone that's helped with this event. God, I pray that you will bless them today in the name of Jesus. Thank you for all who've served, as that is such an important value to you. So we thank you for your presence here in the name of Jesus. Amen.